Day 9 of 40. If you've been doing 20 push-ups a day, that's 180 push-ups that you'll have done from the start of this recording. And whatever it is that you're doing, or however long you've been doing it, maybe total it up, or approximately a quarter of the way there, as near as makes no difference, a quarter of the way there to the 40 days. So maybe tally what you've been doing, and maybe have a think about it. It might be... You know, push-ups, it might, you might have been off the fags, you might have taken up something. I was chatting to a mate of mine there this morning. We were uh, doing that bit of jiu-jitsu rolling that we've, we've stepped up to twice a week. And uh, he was saying that he's given meditation a shot for the last couple of days. He's done, I think, 20 minutes of meditation for the last, I think, three or four days, he said. But he was trying to explain something that he felt, I think it was only yesterday. And he just, he felt, he just, he just felt really good at one point. And he noticed that a kind of a thought arise and that kind of ruined it for him, so he, he, he kind of concentrated again on his breathing, and he noticed his heart rate plummet, basically, and he felt, I think he said, that he felt as though he was almost hibernating, wasn't what he was doing, but it was akin to what hibernating might be like, just going into that kind of standby setting, like your TV, he wasn't off, he wasn't asleep, he wasn't unconscious, he was on, but on standby, and he felt a sense of euphoria I think it's fair to say and I think that's the goal for for meditators is to find that kind of almost inner peace or bliss or euphoria and I very much doubt that he actually found that because he's only doing it four days unless he's some sort of fucking master yogi or something which I don't think he claims to be but my thoughts on that was maybe it's a placebo effect maybe he's just convinced himself that it's working when it's not. But who gives a fuck? I mean, if you're getting the benefit out of it, well then, placebo effect, like the, the placebo effect works. It's a fucking scientific fact. This isn't some fucking woo-woo way of the cure. You have to fucking dance around a pot until it boils and throw a bit of rosemary in on top for good measure. This is scientific fucking fact. Every single drug that's ever been uh, FDA approved, say, forever has had to account for the placebo effect. No matter what it's for, whether it's a neurological disorder, whether it's a fucking a treatment for bone cancer, or everything and anything has to account for the placebo effect. If it, doesn't, if it doesn't account for the placebo effect, it's not a proper clinical tri- trial. So to, in keeping with that, if you're doing 20 press-ups a day, and you're doing them poorly, and you're not doing them the best way or the right way and you're not really getting the benefit from whatever incorrect way you're doing it if you fucking feel good about doing it and if it's giving you the motivation to maybe do something else or continue it or maybe to look into your technique well then happy fucking days but anyway i digress as always something came up in my conversation with um with coogie with rory coogan yesterday now it's not live yet and i'm I only got a message off a friend of mine asking me um, when are they going to go live. And I'd be interested to hear your feedback on this because I have two podcasts. I have a two-hour long one with Juliana Pena and a three-and-a-half-hour one with Rory Coogan that are kind of in the bank. They've been recorded. They're actually uploaded. They're just set to private so nobody else can see them. And that suits me down to the fucking ground. I'd love to get in another couple of ones. Like I'd love to get in another two or three within the next week. So that give me a bit of a bank and it'd take a bit of the pressure off. Because it's fucking hard to keep this fucking whole thing going on top of everything else as, as I keep kind of reminding myself and, and everyone else. But it's been great. And 
you, you need to be out of your comfort zone a little, I think. Um, and that, that goes for, for everything. And that's a, that's a, a solo podcast in, in and itself. But something that came up in the podcast with Rory was the idea of, of instinct. And he, I think he mentioned something along the lines of feeling like he knew stuff without ever being taught it. Or something to that effect. Don't quote me on that. And I basically said that to me that's instinct. And through my conversations with Ivor in particular about consciousness and God and the idea of kind of living eternally and transcending this life and more specifically the concept of an afterlife. And again, I'm a devout atheist, so any hardened militant atheists who might be listening, don't roll your eyes and go, oh, fucking, here's some cunt waffling chite about mystical experiences and all that other bollocks. But anyway, the point I'm labouring to make is I believe that my dad, for example, and everyone who's passed away lives on, not everyone that's passed away lives on in me, but my dad, his afterlife, I'm living my dad's afterlife, essentially. And so is everybody who he influenced. So when I die, hopefully I'll have influenced a certain amount of people and my spirit, for want of a better word, will live on through them. And so long as I remember my dad and so long as the impact that he's had on me remains within me, he lives on. And in a way, he lives on through my son because of how he influ- how my dad influenced me. I therefore, that will aff- affect how I influence my son and so on and so on and so on. So I'm st- starting to kind of formulate the idea that that's the afterlife for me. So that when somebody dies, they're not gone. They still remain within me and within all the other people that they influenced or touched or affected, say. And that, to me at least, is a fucking far healthier way of thinking than this idea that, you know, he's in the clouds with the angels, you know, smoking weed with Bob Marley or whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. And Christopher Hitchens touched on this point, this idea of, of heaven not being all that heavenly, say. And the point that he made was, imagine imagine being at a party and you're, you're having a really good time. All your friends are there, the wine is flowing and the joints are being passed around. And, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you're into, you're just, you're having the time of your life at this party. And that's synonymous with, with life, with a, with a good life, say, with a fulfilled life. And then somebody comes along in the middle of the party where everything's going great, taps you on your shoulder and goes, sorry lad, party's over. But not for everyone, just for you. So the party's going to continue, but just not with you in it. And that was his analogy for for life and death. You're in a party and you're asked to leave essentially. And by asked, you're basically kicked out by the bouncers because typically people don't choose to die. The death takes us all. And that might sound on the face of it to be quite the depressing view of life and death. 
but what he followed it up with I thought was was quite was quite deep in a sense. He said that now think of it in religious terms, say. So you're at the same party, you know, you're you're kicking it with your mates and your family and everyone's doing well and life is rosy, you know, I it's it's an ideal life. Everything's great. And someone taps you on the shoulder and says you can't leave. And neither can anybody else. And you have to stay. And you have to enjoy yourself. And this is it forever. And that's essentially what heaven is. And there's a, there's a totalitarian element to that, I think. Which is kind of creepy. You're, you know, you're, you're being told what to do, essentially. And... I suppose that just came to mind with my own thoughts on, on an afterlife and, and living on through through other people. And it's something that's just affected affected me. And I, look, it's, it's, it's food for thought, if nothing else. Um, there was no real point to me saying all of that other than giving me something to mull over, basically. Food for thought, call it. I could well end up doing a food for thought series. We'll see how it goes. But in relation to releasing the podcast, I kind of got separated from that. I have a bank of podcasts, say, and I'm looking to to stock that up. So as always, I'm looking for guests. If you're interested, contact me. I'm off the lead at gmail.com or send me a Facebook message or whatever. If you would like to come on, if you know someone who you think would be a good guest, if you would like to hear from a particular type of person. So it might you mightn't have you mightn't want to come on yourself. You might be listening far afield. You know, you might be in Australia or Canada or fucking Mexico or people listening all over the world, which is just completely insane. I think it's up on 30 plus countries now at the minute. So hello to everyone outside of Ireland. That's not weird at all. Um, so, yeah, if you know the type of person, maybe you'd like to hear a mechanic. Maybe you'd like to hear a fucking baker or a butcher or a candlestick maker or whoever the fuck it is. Let me know the type of people that you like, because at the minute, my pool of people is essentially everyone and anyone, which is essentially no one. I need to kind of narrow it down, and ideally I'd have my, my guests guided by the listeners, maybe. So, as always, get involved, send me a message, let me know what your, what your thoughts are, what you've been thinking of the solo podcast, the guests, and again, before I fucking forget... When would suit you for me to upload the bank of podcasts that I have? Is one a week enough, considering they're, you know, anywhere between, what, two and four hours long? Is it too much? Maybe it's only once a fortnight. Bearing in mind that I'm probably going to, I'm obviously going to continue with these solo episodes for the next 31 days. And I mightn't do them daily after that, but I'll probably do maybe a couple a week. Maybe I'll do two a day. I won't fucking know. I'm not making any decisions. I've committed to doing the 40 days and I'm not biting off any more than I can chew more than that. So let me know. Maybe maybe first thing in the Monday morning. I know Blind Boy, he uploads his uh, first thing on a Wednesday. That seems to be working for him. I was thinking maybe a Monday, start of the week. Then I was thinking maybe Tuesday because I think Tuesday is widely regarded as the worst day of the week. Because when you go back in on Monday... There's a kind of a grace period. Everyone's kind of a bit groggy. No one's firing on firing on all cylinders, so it's not the typically the busy of days and 
in some places at least. And you've got the crack from the weekend. You know, when you walk in on a Monday morning, it's like, oh, well, watching it up the weekend. You know, it's a, it's a go-to conversation filler or gap filler. You know, it's, it's just, it's something to fucking say to some cunt that you work with and you'd rather not see. But come Tuesday, that's dried up. You couldn't be any further away from the weekend. And I, at least Wednesday, you're kind of halfway there. There's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And again, that's all very fucking depressing. I don't feel like that at all. The days just roll into uh, one another for me because I don't love what I do, but I certainly don't hate what I do. And I don't mean that. I don't mean to rub that in anybody's faces because, believe me, I hated what I did for the best part of fucking twenty years, fifteen plus anyway. So I know what it's like to be in a job that you fucking despise. And if you're not doing everything that you can to work towards rectifying that situation. Good luck with that one. If you don't like your job and you haven't liked it for the last fucking two years or more, what are the odds of getting better? Fucking zero. So start saving. If nothing else, put aside your I'm quitting my job money. Give yourself a month's wages so that if you do ever pluck up the courage to tell your boss to take a fucking long walk off a shore pier at least you'll have something to fall back on until you can get yourself any job and I recommend people do that if you're on 60 grand a year or more or less or whatever you're on and you don't want to leave your job even though you despise it because the money is good get you'll get a job labouring on a fucking building site you'll get a job packing shelves in Tesco and you'll be the better for it you know take a career break and get a job in your local fucking central now, look, some people are listening to this and saying, oh, Jesus, yeah, that's a fucking great idea. And some people are listening to this going, what's this lad talking shite for? I fucking kids to feed. We can't all just up sticks and fuck off and do what we like. And granted, not everything that I say is applicable to everybody listening. But it might give you a window into other people's lives. And again, the whole point of the conversations that I'm having with the wide, diverse range of people that I'm trying to get in is to give people a window into other people's lives. Because I think one thing that I've been hearing more and more of is people saying people saying things like, you said something there the other day, or one of your guests said something, and it's mad, because I've been thinking that my whole life, and I thought I was weird for thinking it. And that's, I think, the worst part of how we're not talking to each other anymore. How the art of conversation isn't dying, it's practically dead. It, it, it needs a, a fucking rebirth. And maybe maybe platforms like mine and others... And speaking of others, who are you guys listening to? Because presumably if you're listening to me and you're enjoying my solo episodes and you're enjoying the conversations that I'm having with guests, presumably we're relatively like-minded. So I want to know who you're listening to. Because odds are, if you like me and you're listening to somebody else, the, the likelihood of me liking these other people that you listen to is pretty fucking high. And I'll tell you who I listen to. I listen to a good bit of Sam Harris, the Waking Up podcast. It's fucking heavy. It's fairly intellectually dense, call it. It's very highbrow. A lot of it goes over my head, but that's okay. Um, a lot of Christopher Hitchens, if not all of Christopher Hitchens, went over my head uh, when I got back, when I got into him back in the day. But when you listen to people who are infinitely more intelligent than you and use words that you don't understand there's an opportunity to learn 
So if you, if you ever hear either somebody that someone you're listening to use a, a word or a term or a phrase that you don't know what it means, pause the fucking thing and Google it. There's, there's an expression that I'm a big fan of, and, and Rory actually mentioned it himself in the podcast that we recorded yesterday. In the age of ignorance, or sorry, in the age of information, ignorance is a choice. Think about that now. In the age of information, ignorance is a choice. So you have the world at your fingertips, if only you use it. It sickens me the amount of times that people will text me and say, hey man, you know, I, I, I don't know, I, I can't think of anything offhand, but let's just say, what's the capital of London? Or not capital of London, lol. What's the capital of England? And when I get a question, it, it, put it this way, I'll rephrase that. It fucking annoys me when somebody texts me asking me something that they could fucking Google. Because it's just... It's a form of laziness that almost defies belief because it would be quicker, number one, to Google it and less effort to Google it. Because when you text me saying, Hey, Frano, what's the capital of England? You have to go into your WhatsApp, you have to find my name or number or whatever it is, write, hey, Frano, what's the crack or whatever filler bullshit you decide to put in there and then send it off to me and then wait for me to reply, which could be immediately or it could be, you know, later on in the day or the next day. But you could have just Googled it quicker and gotten the fucking answer there and fucking then. So that's something to bear in mind if you're ever... If you ever want to ask somebody a question, whether you're in school or whether you're in college or whether you're in work or whether it's just amongst your mates, before you go asking your friend, ask yourself, could you Google it? And get into the habit of Googling it. You should be Googling shit fucking ten times a day. And there's an element of information almost being too accessible. I mean, put it this way. If you have a smartphone or even just an internet connection at home, you have you know, 100,000 times the access to information that practically all of the US presidents ever had. At your fucking fingertips. Like, put it this way, if you were back, back in time, even 50 years, and you were the only person in the world with the access to the information that you have, what would you have done with it? Because you could have taken over the fucking world with it. But now, because everybody has it, it's almost devalued. It's an interesting way to think about it, I think, and I might devote a little bit more thought to that myself, because it's just after kind of come out in the coming out in the wash. And again, that's the beauty of these solo podcasts, and I've said it before. The best thing about doing it is, you, I rarely know what's going to come out of my mouth. And this came up with my conversation with Julie as well, because I was recommending that she record her blog that she writes. Because I told her outright that I'm not going to read her blog. And I as much told Anthony in Mythical Ireland that I, you know, it was going to take me, I didn't know how long it was going to take me, but I certainly wouldn't have it read by the end of the week, his book. Now, I've had a flick through it since, and it's actually very, very accessible. And Jesus, if you put your mind to it, if, put it this way, if I read a page or two a day, I'd probably have it finished by the end of the fucking 40-day challenge. Like. So maybe that'll be my, maybe that's a challenge I'll set to myself, is to, is to finish Anthony's book. Uh, Mythical Ireland it's called available in all bookshops everywhere and if nothing else it's worth it for the fucking pictures and it's the type of thing that I think people should have in their homes 
It's like a bottle of potching. I think everyone should have a bottle of potching in their home. Again, if nothing else, to just give you a fucking level of connectedness with your heritage. We were, we're fast becoming mini-America. It's fucking sickening. And I don't mean that you need to be, you know, a, a right-wing, nationalistic, 32-county United Ireland person. I don't mean that at all. I, I have no, no real opinion on that because I don't really know a whole lot about it. And it, it doesn't really interest me. And maybe it, will, maybe it should. I mean, maybe there's people listening to this that are sickened by the fact that I don't have an interest in it. But look, it's, it just, it's never really been on my radar Um in no small part due to the fact that my uncle did time as a getaway driver for the IRA, of which I don't know the details. He'd be a good man to get on, I'm sure. But I don't know, it's just, it just seems to be such a quagmire of shit, it's hard to know where to get the start. And maybe that's, maybe that's a good guess to get on. Maybe somebody, maybe, maybe a Republican, and then maybe a Unionist, if that's even the, the opposing term for a Republican. Or maybe a bipartisan guy, if even that's the right term. Bipartisan? Somebody who's both sides? Who knows? Speaking of which, Blind Boy actually had a guy on. And if you don't know what I'm saying when I say Blind Boy, there's a guy who goes by the um, pseudonym Blind Boy Boat Club. And he has a podcast called The Blind Boy Podcast, which I highly recommend. It's another one of the podcasts that I listen to. So I listen to Sam Harris. I listen to Blind Boy Boat Club. I listen to Joe Rogan. Jesus, lads, I'm running out, so I'm in need of, of more. I listened to a bit of Aubrey Marcus, um, as recommended by Ivor. There's something about Aubrey Marcus that just rubs me up the wrong way. Um, nothing that he says or does. It's just, I don't know, there's just something about his tone that I just... I don't know, just... I'm sure everyone listening to this has had somebody that they didn't... They couldn't really put their finger on why they disliked them, but there was just something about them. I personally get that with Aubrey. I hope I'm not after tainting him to anyone. I can't think of the name of his podcast. It might be just the Aubrey Marcus podcast. But if it's not, if you can't find it under Aubrey Marcus and the podcast app that you listen to, stick it into Google. Again, stick it into fucking Google. Aubrey Marcus po- podcast. It'll come up. Um, The Meat Eater podcast. There's a guy called Stephen Ronella that I'm a big fan of. And if you don't know anything about hunting if you love hunting or if you hate hunting google steven ranella he has a he actually has a series on netflix by the same title meat eater and it's fucking brilliant it really 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 is good and it just gives you a completely different window into hunting generally there's another guy i'm a big fan of called cameron haynes he doesn't have a podcast, but he's been on many of the podcasts. He's been on Joe Rogan a couple of times. I don't know if he's been on the Meat Eater podcast. But again, Google Cameron Haynes podcast, and the podcast that he's been on will come up. So he's a professional bow hunter and an endurance athlete. He runs these fucking stupid 200-plus mile endurance races. Crazy bastard. Um, I'm trying to think offhand who else did I listen to. That's all that's coming to mind. But what I might do on another solo podcast is maybe sit down and mention briefly the people that have influenced me throughout my life so off the top of my head the, the big ones on here would have to be Christopher Hitchens he'd be probably yeah he'd be number one he's had the by far the biggest influence on my life 
So Google Christopher Hitchens. Stick him into YouTube, actually. Treat yourself to something like Christopher Hitchens' best moments on YouTube. Anything like that is just pull up nothing but gold. The man was just an intellect like no other. A real fucking tour de force. So there's him. Steven Pinker is another guy that I'm a big fan of. He just released a book recently. Jordan Peterson, I've mentioned many the time. Um, who the fuck else? Yeah, no, that, that I could dedicate an entire podcast to that, but that will give you something to go on if you're that way inclined. And aside from that, keep commenting, liking, subscribing, all that shit helps very much. So talk to your friends, start the conversation, keep the conversation going and hit me up with recommendations of specific people if you want to come on yourself, types of people that you'd like me to hear, things that I'm doing that you like, you dislike. A lot of people have mentioned that I swear a lot. Um, I know. <laughs> um, and it's been pointed out to me. You know, does it ruin the podcast for you? I don't think I'm going to change it. Um, I swear a lot, so I don't see why I would stop swearing. For the podcast, now there's a time and a place, depending on who I'm speaking to, I'm probably going to tone down the swearing a little bit, just out of courtesy. So, yeah, let me know what you like, what you dislike, what you'd like to see more of, what you'd like to see less of, and get involved, be part of it, be part of the change, change yourself, change the world, and let's fucking get up and get after it. Chat you tomorrow.